Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How's it going? It's going really well. <laughs> What's your update? <laughs> One of these days, I'm gonna have something different to say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead in with a new line. No, I'm just gonna. St- I'm officially gonna stop asking. Oh, okay. That's a fun twist. <laughs> I can't wait to avoid the awkward, it's great, everything's great. And then it's like my voice drops to its real tone. And I'm like, so what's going on is. Uh, Here's what's really happening. (laughs) It's like my, the voice I talked to my grandma in that like jumps six octaves. I'm just going to keep it at the. Your phone voice. My, hey, everybody. It's Sid. <laughs> well, it's like when we did that class and you're smiling while you're on the phone <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't sound weird or fake at all. <laughs> We're going to come up with a new lead and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> uh, my update. My stand-up desk has changed my life. And whoop, whoop. I got very serious because I'm very serious about that. <laughs> it's been a short time, but I'm already really excited about it. Uh, this was actually the jump off point for today's episode because I was actually kind of shocked at how much just that shift had fully kind of changed my productivity, like the way that I'm able to focus, all of it happened just from my standup desk. And I, uh, it feels silly to say that and it feels kind of lame that that's my update, but just not ergonomics. It's like for my brain as well. It's really done a lot of positive things. But I think the underlying important factor here is that you asked for something that you needed and you got it. Oh, I like that angle. I didn't think of it like that at all. (laughs) But yes, you're right. Maybe it gave me a boost of confidence and I just feel more confident about my work now too because I've received something that I've asked for because I needed it. Also, it feels really nice to stand and work sometimes. Yes. I do it occasionally how often do you read those like things on instagram that's like unclench your jaw let your shoulders drop take a deep breath and i do all those things at once not realizing for the last like six hours i had been like fully cleansed you're like (laughs) wrapped up in like a tiny stress ball in your work chair seriously and then i do i read that and i'm like oh (laughs) that feels so much better but now i'm like when i'm standing i'm just much more conscious of my whole body all the time. And yeah. so, like, I can feel my shoulders just dropped all the time versus just when I'm thinking about it. It's just, like, the natural place where I am at, like, my stance. I love it. It's really fantastic. Well, I'm glad it's working out for you. That's exciting. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've been telling everybody. And then I'll have people who um, will walk by my office because I'm in, like, the main thoroughfare here. And... They'll be like, wow, your posture looking great. Or they'll be like, oh, you got a stand-up desk? And I'm like, it's worth everything. Please, if you need one, ask for one. Because there's no harm in asking. I I think that's important. And I think also, like, legally, from an ergonomic perspective, I think... uh Like, by New York State, at least, like, you got to adhere. If someone's like, hey, I need this to, like... Be better. Be a good employee. I think it's required... You have to take notice of that. That's what I I think you're right. And I think that's why. And we've like my the the place that I work, I see them all over the place now. There's a lot of people that are utilizing them, which is nice to see. I mean, if they're available and people need them, then the fact that they are being put in people's offices is really good. So that is uh that's my update. What is your update, Brom? Yeah. Next up, treadmill desk. Ooh, I don't, I really don't think that'll work for me. I feel like I'll try to go at like a full run and then not do anything right. 
I want. I just want to try a treadmill desk to see if I like it. Do you think you could type and walk? I don't know. I've never done it. That's why I want to. I want to do like a test run. You're right. I feel like I'm pretty good at that, like head pat, tummy rub thing. I should see if I can bring my uh, laptop into the gymnasium that I go to. That's a good idea. I don't. Think I'd be so space afraid for, for your laptop. I know. I'd have to like strap it down. That seems like a lot. Anyway. Of work. <laughs> And your update is. <laughs> uh, so I know last week my update was how we weren't going to get sucked <laughs> into television and we're going to try out some fun uh, fall slash pre-winter activities. Um, but I have a fun TV recommendation. <laughs> sure. um, we started watching Succession on HBO. Yeah. And I realized that like there's... It's already been out. We heard that it was good the first time it came out. Tried watching the first episode, but the timing was bad. Sure. I think it was, like, in the midst of the final season of uh, Game of Thrones, and we were, like... Kind of tapped out on a lot of things. I think it was a situation where we were watching too many dramatic things, and we were like, ah, I can't... Because the first episode, it, like, requires some, like, mental, like... You gotta be in there. Who's who? What's happening? Who are these people? (laughs) What are their roles amongst the family? What even is happening? Because I think the first I like didn't even know what it was about because mm-hmm. sometimes I prefer that. But so it's loosely based off of um, just like a giant mogul family. Uh, cough, Fox News cough. Word on the street. That's that's what we're hearing. Yeah, at least <laughs> intermingled with other scenarios. But um, the Roy family has the patriarch and his children who some work at the company some don't and the meaty dynamic of what is going on as they try to their father suffers a stroke yes he's still like i'm spoiling oh my gosh well the second season's been over been over uh (laughs) anyway i'm gonna stop spoiling the episode but, or the first episode, at least. Of the first season. <laughs> of the first season. And hopefully you'll all st- still watch. But we're hooked because it's one of these things that's, like, really dramatic. And you get a glimpse into, like, that how world. R- rich people live. Like, really crazy, insane rich people live. And, like, then also just, like, interesting sibling dynamic. How that still exists in this, like, very intense world where people are, like, CEOs and just, like, everything's just being, like, handed to people. Like, it's no big deal. Right. And the it's just, it's really well written and the cast is awesome and we yeah. just got, finished the l- first season and are going, starting the second season. Ooh. And we are into it. Because there's a, there's a, a Culkin in there, right? One mm-hmm. of the Culkin brothers. The one who was in Father the little brother and father yes. of the bride yes and then what's his face from ferris bueller cameron cameron yeah <laughs> also great there's and like he's good in this show he's good in the show and there's like there's a lot of comedic relief too because it's like you are dumb <laughs> or like you're crazy yeah and like thinking about how like the dynamic of like what money provides in terms of privilege and like how we're just trying to make it and i'm like i could be a better coo (laughs) let me have a shot at it (laughs) roy family (laughs) but uh overall it's just it's the appropriate amount of drama and 
hilarity and intensity. It's all there. Yeah. I have heard that the second season is better than the first two. <gasps> so I think you're in for a real treat now that you're just starting the second just season. Just kicking it off. Yeah. I've heard really good things. I did not watch it. Um, I thought I was watching it with my partner and he then went ahead without me. And we're I'm I'm putting him on blast right now. He he's earned it. <laughs> no. I uh I thought we were in it together. We watched the first episode together and then Took off. So rude. And uh, <laughs> I'm still upset about it. <laughs> Dan does that all the time. It's like one of the things. It should be like a cardinal rule in a relationship is to not do that. Mm-hmm. That is set in stone, put on the wall, never to be broken. Yep. That happened with uh, another TV shout out. Because of whatever, because we're like Apple customers, I don't know, we got like a, fir- a first free month of Apple Plus or did you watch Morning Show? <gasps> well, guess who did? Dan did. <laughs> Rude. That looks so good. He was like, I came home from. I think it was actually hanging out with you, and I came home, and he's like, "You should watch uh, Morning Show when you get a chance." And I was like, "What?" That should have been a conversation. There are too many like, great people already... in that show to do it alone. He should have known better. But yeah, so he's watching. Rude, he, Dan. He watched that. <laughs> Uh, that that was a solo watch <laughs> and i was like didn't even think to consult me he was like well yeah well it's too late i'm upset for you because that would have been because that show looks so good i mean a jennifer aniston and a reese witherspoon yeah he he did say so plus one to another show recommendation here all right we'll link to it in show notes <laughs> queenspeaking.com slash 96 for yes. y'all yes 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 and to all the partners around the globe, respect the TV cardinal rules. Have a conversation at least. It's all you need. Know that you're on the same page. That's all we ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shoot a text. <laughs> yeah. A preemptive, like, nope, you got to pick something else. Yeah. Like, wait for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way home. <laughs> Don't start without me. Oh, gosh. Where have we gotten here? <laughs> All right, Sid. Give it to me straight. What are we talking about today? All right. Uh, as noted above, I was really surprised how much my world changed. And I, my dad thinks that I am fairly dramatic. And I have a tendency to agree a lot of the time. But when I say that my world changed <laughs> from the standing desk, I am not exaggerating. I felt like I had a literal new perspective. <laughs> I am because you actually do have new perspective. (laughs) I am actually up much higher, and I really think like the way that my environment was adjusted in just that way gave me a whole new sense of like productivity. So it really got us thinking about how much our environment has to do with our productivity. And I know this might feel like in my mind as I'm talking about this, I'm like, does this feel dry? But it was really interesting to think about like what factors go into our productivity, especially when it comes to our environment. Mm -hmm. It's not just the work that we're actually trying to get done, but the space that we're trying to do it in. So today we're going to talk about like what those difference makers are when it comes to productivity and and our environment um, and when to know when you need a change. Because sometimes I think we think we're getting stale for no other reason other than like maybe the work is feeling a little stale but it could be something else. Um, And how to talk about like the need if your environment does kind of need to adjust, how to have that conversation with someone if it is out of your control. I love it. I'm all in because I think that this is important in today's 
workplace environment. Yeah, and I think, you know, I didn't even think about this before we kind of settled on this topic, but you and I have worked in like vastly different environments, I think for probably the length of our career. Like my setup is very different than your setup when we first started the podcast and now it's different yeah. again to where you work now. And so and I even think, just like our career path overall. Yeah. Starting in cubicle land. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot about my cubicle. Gosh, that was terrible. <laughs> I feel from what I remember. Cubicles are tough. Yes. But <laughs> it's very interesting to have like all of those different perspectives that we can talk about that kind of enhance this conversation, I would think a little bit. I agree. Yeah. Let's let's speak it, Queens. Let's do it. Um so how do we know when it's time for a change? The first thing that comes to mind is that my productivity tanks. <laughs> surprise, surprise. That is just, and I think this is the thing is you have to then sit down and consider like, why has my productivity tanked? Like, am I still enjoying the work that I'm doing? Am I still enjoying like, am I still pretty clear on what's expected of me? <laughs> like, do I know what my output should be? All of those things. But I think we don't think about our environment as much because we're just so used to it. And we don't think about the effect that it might actually have on on our productivity. So when they're not linked together necessarily, like just so obviously, then it doesn't become a factor that you think about if you're, you're productive, you're tired, you're easily distracted, your brain kind of goes different places pretty easily. Like you don't necessarily think of your environment first, but I'm, I'm saying now that maybe you should. <laughs> Yeah, and even just the awareness of it and figuring out what you actually need to be productive should be a question that we ask ourselves and the the place that we work in mm-hmm. should be con- like who our our team is, who our our leadership, are those people HR, are these people asking this question knowing that there's like I think in institutionalized places, it's it can be challenging because it's like, well, it's going to be pretty challenging for us to, like, tear down this entire cubicle farm that right. we've set up because we thought back in, like, 1997 that this was the way to go. Right. Um, and how things have shifted in just, like, reshaping environments for productivity and collaboration and all of those things is really important for uh, us to consider. And I think... To, to know that that's something as individuals that we value and figuring out, like, what is it that I need and how can I ask for it? What makes me comfortable in my work environment? And I think a lot of that does come through trial and error. I think mm-hmm. especially in a situation where it's like we're given our work environment. Right. But one of the things that's pretty nice now is that there's so much variety out there in the world and knowing there are, like, so many remote work opportunities and um, – you have the ability to choose the space and the company that you spend your time in. Right. Like it now becomes a factor in people deciding where they want to work right. too. Absolutely. So um, I think thinking about how office setups do vary from everything from cubicle world to uh, open office format, which I think the open office seems like something that's like pretty common among the people that I know. Right. Um, but it's very rare that we get our own offices. Um, and what does that mean for our work style? And one size doesn't fit all fit all necessarily. And 
there is a reality where we have to acknowledge, like, this is what I need mm-hmm. as an individual to ask, like, here's how I can change the environment that I exist in. Right. Where it's, like, subtle changes to say, like, oh, I've got some low, I need lower lumbar support. Can I get a different chair? Mm-hmm. Can I BYO office chair? Right. Perhaps. But I think um, a lot of times it's just the acknowledgement of where you're at in a workplace, your workplace situation, and determining where you need to ask for the thing that you need because it can be kind of challenging. And I think it's worth like saying too that that can change. And so revisiting that like check in with yourself on like a six month or a year basis just to say like, is this setup still working for me? Am I comfortable? Am I getting stuff done? Is there something that is like standing in my way when it comes to my environment to being more productive? Mm-hmm. Um, or like, what are the factors that are helping me get my work done to any degree? And like capitalizing on those a little bit and saying, okay, do I do more of this? So like if you work from home essentially most of the time, but you like spend a couple of days a week in a co-working space or in uh, like a coffee shop where you're surrounded by more people, is it worth taking a look at like, what is my productivity level when I'm in my co-working space? And should I transition to that space like full time mm-hmm. if I work for a remote environment? Or if you do work in an office where you have your own office, but like some chatter actually does help you a little bit. How do you like have that conversation and like kind of check in with yourself and be like, it actually helps me to have people around and it helps me to like have an easy question that I can ask people. And if you can't necessarily um like work from a coffee shop if you have your own office can you move to a different office that's closer to more people that you work with Mm -hmm. and is that like an option that's out there or is that something that you can at least inquire about i think the thing that sometimes we're afraid to do is to even ask the question Um, right and so that that barrier is kind of one to success because we will continue to make ourselves uncomfortable versus having Uh, what might be uncomfortable conversation, but ultimately will help us get better at what we've been hired to do. Right. And I think the other thing that is helpful is knowing that depending on the task that you have, Mm -hmm. you may be more productive or feel better in a certain environment for a certain thing that you're doing. Right. So if you're in meetings, like if they're video meetings, you probably need a quiet quiet space and not like a rockin' cafe that's blasting music and, <laughs> right. like, making lattes every which way. But sometimes that's a good place to, like, have background noise. If you're, like, like, sending emails all day or yeah, something. Yeah, if you're, like, you need, like, outside noise to stay productive, but you're not going to get interrupted because no one around you is someone you know. Right. It's just, like, I'm in the zone getting stuff done at a coffee shop or having an in-person meeting. Coffee shop's great for that, too. So I think also being aware of scenario-dependent productivity needs can be really helpful to um, shifting and making changes that are are important. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when going back to, like, the how do you know when it's time for a change, sometimes, like, you get past the point of, like, why am I so frustrated? And you kind of have to backtrack from there. So sometimes it's not, like, such an obvious thing. And what we're talking about is, like, kind of in your face, but sometimes it's not so obvious. And sometimes you have to do a little work to be like, okay, what is what is stopping me from, like, being 
at my best right now? And how do I kind of like do some discovery work to figure that out? Right. And it can be interesting to think about how there are limitations no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like no one, as I mentioned, like it's not a one size fits all, but we're all kind of forced into this like weird scenario dependent location that we exist in because of the place that we work at. Right. And what does that look like and how can you be flexible to understanding like here, here's what I need. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And and recognizing and acknowledging and and working through that because um, it is – there's, like, a need for flexibility, I think, but it can be challenging to know, like, the right time and place to get there. Absolutely. Yeah, I think sometimes – I mean, again, uncomfortable conversations are uncomfortable. (laughs) They just are. But if you – again, have, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but if you have like some backup or you can acknowledge what it is and then figure out how to have like a foundation for that conversation, that at least makes it more like tangible Mm -hmm. versus like feelings oriented. And I'm all about feelings, but sometimes if you're having this conversation with someone else and they're not, then they're going to be looking for something a little bit different than just like, I feel like I might need, (laughs) they might just need something a little bit more concrete. Why? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And having like that prepared, um, which we'll get into a little bit later. Well, what are some of the changes that have made a difference for us? Well, (laughs) shocker, (laughs) my standing desk. (laughs) And I wish I could pinpoint exactly what it is, but I honestly think my chair allowed me to just relax in a totally different way. Like I had more like at eye level that I could like touch (laughs) and like get distracted by, honestly. Like a little baby. Right. Like seriously, (laughs) like I would be like, oh, I need to go put those papers away. Or like, oh, why is that out of place? Like now that I'm like above the world, because I just on, on my desk is just like my monitor, my keyboard and like my phone my like work phone, not even my, my personal phone. And so it's like, those are the things I have access to at that moment that are, that I don't have to like fully like turn and look around for. And I think that's part of the reason that it's helped. It's like the stuff that used to distract me so much is now fully out of reach. And I know before anybody says it, I could put my phone in my desk. I get that. I could put my phone away. I understand that too, but I didn't. And now it's, it's like, it's away, but it's not like I'm punishing myself, but like a kid having to like put my phone in my bag. I'm like, you're locked in right now. Like you're in work mode. And I think just being able to like stand again, like on my two feet where I'm like balanced and my back is straight and I feel like I have better posture and I can just like fully lock into what I'm doing has really helped make a huge difference for like sending I again like just tracking it for the couple weeks that I've had it like sending more emails making more calls just being more focused on the tasks I need to do by the end of the day and being more motivated to do them too again like I attribute a lot of this to the desk (laughs) which (laughs) but also it's the act of you standing yeah sometimes that's because it you're not like in lazy like slouchy comfort mode right you're in an active position. Right. Yeah. And I think that's made a huge difference. Um, and if that's the thing that you needed, then it's awesome that you now have that. Right. And it like, I think the other thing that we do is like make ourselves feel silly for the things that we need. Mm-hmm. If it feels silly to even say them out loud, which it does. But 
I'm like, if it's helping, then I mean, silly or not, it's helping. So like, I'm, I'm trying to be kinder to myself to be like, if a standing desk is what I needed to get better and like feel like I was in control of my space and like, cause I, my, my office is like actually pretty big for like, like the position that I'm in and things like that. And so sometimes I think I just got like overwhelmed by it too. Like I have all this space to myself. I feel very alone sometimes, but like standing just makes me feel like, okay, you are back in control of your situation. You're making calls, you're doing stuff, you're getting it done. And it just like, it just, I don't know. It brought me like a weird sense of joy. (laughs) Well, I also feel like there's an important thing to acknowledge with that um, because I found this to be true when I, especially when I worked remotely, was like, you need your work environment to be your work environment. Right. So like the space that you work in now, there's a lot. Like no one can see what it looks like. (laughs) But you can. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it. And there are certain things that have to exist in your workspace that you don't have control over. Right. But what you do have control over is the workspace that you are working in. And I think that that actually adds to productivity in such an important way where if you have this zone and this is work zone, you only get work done here, that sets you up for more success. Right. The way that I worked when I work at home is my work desk in the office that was my workspace. I try to avoid sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. I try to avoid sitting on, like, what, having, like, distracting TV. Like, this is not a scenario. And if, you, if you're if you working from home, you're not – or if you're working in your office, there's likely not a TV blaring in the background. So you likely. probably shouldn't do that if you're working at home. <laughs> yes. So the convenience is that maybe you can run downstairs and throw a load of laundry in. Awesome. Yeah. But – my desk was my workspace, and that is where I got work done, and it was nothing else but that. Right. And it allowed me to create this, like, safe bubble of productivity. Like, if I'm sitting here, I'm getting work done. Mm-hmm. If I'm anywhere else, this is my home space. Mm-hmm. And I think the delineation of that is actually really helpful, too. I think you're right, and I think that's why it's been so much better is because it's a smaller – like, I'm just looking at that one area, and so it's a smaller area for me to focus on. And when I put it down, it's usually if I'm having lunch or if I, like, just need a break or something like that. I'm taking, like, an intentional, like, five-minuter. So I told myself I was only going to stand for, like, four hours a day, but I end up standing so much more because I'm getting so much more done. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it has been really helpful, and I'm sure there will come a time where I'll need to, like, adjust because my my body will be like, okay, we can't keep standing for like six to seven hours a day. But for right now, or maybe you'll be like rock star strong. And maybe your body will just get accustomed to it. Or I'll get those really cool sneaks that I can wear all day that are also somehow work appropriate. <laughs> we'll see about that. Maybe. But I think you're right. I think that having it be like a designated space versus a space that flows into another, like once I turn, I'm like, okay. Let me write stuff down or get stuff done here. But, like, there is just this weird difference that exists Mm -hmm. in that space versus when it's down and I'm getting maybe, like, other stuff done that is for class after work or for lunch, like, in my lunch break or something like that. Yeah. Um, So you're right. I think that that's a good thing to acknowledge. 
Uh, for me, intermittent quiet time is also really important, like shutting my door mm-hmm. and and not feeling bad about shutting my door. We're, like where I, where I work is a pretty like open environment. Like even though we all have our own office, it's kind of like an open door policy. People are in and out of people's offices as needed. Um, but knowing if I have something I really need to focus on, not feeling bad about closing my door and having that quiet time has been really helpful and like shocker did not upset anybody i think for a long time i was like somebody's gonna think like something's wrong if my door is closed and it's like people are doing their own work like they don't care about you <laughs> like if they need you they'll knock on your door and so having that quiet time again like helps me relock in as needed i think also adhering to it is like the boundary setting it's like when people have headphones in it's an acknowledge particularly in like an open environment yeah. setting it's like oh, this is focus time for this person, which is very common now where it's like you got to have something to like separate you from the rest of the world because the reality is you can't do productive work if you're distracted all the time or people are talking to you all the time. Like there is truth in that in order to do hard work, you need separate space and quiet time and like the focus to have that boundary where you're like this is when my door is closed it's because i'm working right and like if someone come knocks hey i'm actually in the middle of something can you hit me up like set time on my calendar for 30 like in 30 minutes i'm right. trying to wrap up this blah 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 whatever your work thing thing is. Yeah. No, and that's a really great thing. I think, you know, and especially if you're not a person that closes your door all the time and you just do it when you need that quiet time and have, like, stuff you need to get done, I think that's, like, a signal to the people around you. Like, oh, it's not like she's locked in there all day every single day. Yeah. Um, But when it is closed, there's probably a reason that it's closed. And sometimes, honestly, sometimes it's because, like, I am – in a terrible mood and I don't want to have that mood like throw up on anybody else <laughs> especially in a workplace situation that's hard right so like if if it's like just been a really bad day I'm like I'm just gonna close this so I don't like have that hit anybody else because like I know I'm not gonna have it in me to be like very nice right now yeah <laughs> and knowing that about yourself you're being kind <laughs> so that you don't ruin anybody else's day exactly it's really <laughs> about everybody else <laughs> Um, but that has been a really helpful change that I've been able to make as well. I love it so much. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you just need a change of scenery too. Yes. I think um, particularly knowing that so many people work in open office environments or cubicle situations, I think there, there are a lot more organizations that have like common area space that, mm-hmm. or like quiet work zones or photo photo booths phone booths Fun. or like quiet like door closed like, like intentionally it's like mini offices that you can reserve mm-hmm. um which i think is really cool and great because it's acknowledging and recognizing that like maybe like a mobile desk situation is part of your office environment where you realize that not everybody's going to sit in the same space every single day all day long right and that's okay and i think flexibility is something that we should all um preach in the office environment and ensure that it's something that's incorporated because I think it allows us to choose our own productivity adventure, right. so to speak. Right. Instead of being like stuffed into a way of doing things that m- might not produce your best work, mm-hmm. to be able to have that conversation is important. And to be like from the you know leadership or 
uh, manager perspective to be willing to have that conversation and know that that is a conversation you're open to having um, if and when your direct report wants to have it is is an important caveat there too. Yeah, I also think like asking for the um, devices that you need, so to speak, yes. to make sure because like so underrated. I feel like yeah, that and piece of it, especially if you're working in an environment where like your company provides laptops. Like, is it a situation where it's like you know that it's a mobile environment, like you have the ability to be flexible, but like, do you need a mouse or like a little wrist pad because you? got carpal tunnel one time yeah um and knowing that you can ask for those things and your company being like hey we're happy to provide you with these things because we know it makes you a better employee yes um because i know so many people need like bigger screens to do like dual screen situation triple screen situation yeah a mouse a keyboard yeah i really think a huge part of this conversation like while we're talking about productivity in your environment is also like getting comfortable for like figuring out what you need and what will help you and how to have that conversation which we will get to but that's such a good point especially about devices it's not just like the space that you're in but what you're actually using to do your work that's the thing that i i don't think i started using a wireless mouse until like two or three years into my job and i was like this is life-changing like the little stupid things of not having to like worry about hooking the wire on something while I'm just trying to like move my mouse around the pad. Right. It's like those things are infuriating. And I get that that's coming from a place of privilege that I even have the opportunity to say that, but I have the opportunity to say that and there are wireless mice available. So why am I not asking for them? And why am like, why am I struggling through the day when I don't have to. Yeah, often it's like you don't know what you need until you, you until you, you have, it. have it. Yeah. <laughs> Even like when I was switching desks and um the woman who was helping me who's awesome, she was like your keyboard looks a little tired. Like do you want a new one? And I was like actually I really like the press on this keyboard. Mm. And so I'm okay for now, but thank you for asking. But it's one of those things that like I don't think about until I'm sitting there typing. I'm like I really like the press of these keys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when did that happen? But it's it's something that like makes me happy in the middle of my day when I have to write a thousand emails and I'm like, oh, this is like actually refreshing that I don't have to like, I don't have like a sticky tea or something like that. I will uh, tell you, I had the uh, keyboard issue that happened to MacBooks mm. and I got it replaced and it is life changing. Is it so? It feels so stupid to be so excited about that, but like it really is. <laughs> Particularly because a lot of times I'm sending a lot of digital messages to people. <laughs> yeah. And so to ha- to be typing and all of a sudden there's like four E's in a sentence that didn't need to be there. I'm like, ah. And it, <laughs> I have to go back. That kind of that. thing. Like even that, just the act of me going to the Apple store and being like, hi, my computer's still under warranty. Can you fix this problem? And they're like, yes, you're definitely part of the crew. And now that I have my functioning keyboard it is everything feels better so amazing and i feel like i'm just getting the work done because when you're typing and you're in the zone you're like thought processing like out and if you have to stop that to hit the delete key i was like getting all befuddled <laughs> and again it's a it's an unnecessary distraction that is fixable yeah and so like again taking a beat to figure out like 
why you're stressed out at the end of the day that has nothing to do with your actual job. Like taking a minute to think about those things and see what's actually at play there. And it might not be your environment. It might be something else. We're not saying that it's always going to be your environment, but there is always a chance that it could be your environment or the devices that you need to use. And thinking about how that affects your productivity is worth your time because at the end of the day, like that's what your metrics are based on is your output and what you bring to the table. And Mm -hmm. if that's being like, like thrown in the air because of these things that can be fixed, that's totally worth your time to consider how to fix them. Yeah. And I did not think this would be the hill I died on, but here we are. It has become (laughs) it. It has become that. Absolutely. I also find that just avoiding the urge to push through and Mm. taking a break, getting up, going on a walk, that will change your environment in a way that just is like a refresh to your brain yep and sometimes that's the thing that you need is just like i've been sitting in the same seat for seven hours oh my god why am <laughs> How i did doing this, this? Happen? <laughs> i ate my lunch and i don't think i moved one bit <laughs> and so reminding ourselves that sometimes it's just like "Ooh, i'm in a funk mm-hmm. maybe i need to get up stand at the kitchen table maybe head over to a coffee shop. I think just realizing when a break is needed so that it can restart that process. And like in your situation, it's like maybe it's just moving from sitting to standing. Right. And all that's the only thing that you needed to do to like get that spurt of energy to like move forward. And so um, I find that it, we have a t- because of the nature of the world that we live in and like the way that work exists in our lives is like push through it work harder sometimes it's taking a step back and being like nope i'm gonna take a breather yeah you gotta walk away and then or start like tomorrow's a new day there was a fantastic line i was just talking about this with someone that in modern love that new show on amazon mm-hmm. prime in the first episode, one of the lines that one of the characters say say says is uh, "Tomorrow is a is a new day that hasn't been touched," or "Tomorrow or tomorrow is a day that hasn't been touched." And like we talk about, like tomorrow's a new day, like raw, but that like hasn't been touched part mm. really got me. And I now like say that in my head when I stand up to like start my day. True like, clean state slate. Exactly. Like today is a day that hasn't been touched, and so like you get to decide. What's going to upend it? What's going to make it great? What's going to make it just fine? If that's what you need is to be just fine. And I just, I love like taking back that power. Like it hasn't been touched. So do with it something that will make you like happy about it by the end of the day. And I really enjoyed that. But to your point about like knowing what you need and knowing when you just need to walk away, like nothing in your environment is going to help you be able to clear your mind in that moment, except for leaving that environment, like acknowledging that and honoring that I think is something that we don't do nearly enough. Like I stood outside for five minutes the other day and just like looked at the sky and was breathing deep. Cause I was like, I just need to see the sky. Like I need to look up and know that it's still there. Everything's okay. And that was really helpful. And I felt like I could go back in refreshed being like, okay, now I'm ready. Now I can lock in. And that's, not a sign of weakness or weirdness it's just like sometimes what we need to breathe a little better (laughs) so i like that 
Uh, the most important part of all of this, I think, beyond just knowing what you need and like figuring out what that is and acknowledging and all those really wonderful things is then how to ask for it if it's mm-hmm. out of your control. I think, I keep saying I think, now I'm really aware of it. Um, <laughs> from last week, I'm still very aware of it. Um, but when we don't have like the final say on our environment, but understanding what we'll need for it to be be better or what we'll need to be more productive. We wanted to talk a little bit more about like how to have those conversations because sometimes they're really difficult to have. um, And there are a lot of ways I think we can go about doing this. Uh, The one I think of first is at your one-on-one. If you don't have a one-on-one with your supervisor, I would strongly urge you to set one up (laughs) or at least like a once a month, whatever you feel you need to be successful. Um, But if you're in a traditional office environment or if you're in like a place that you're going to an office, not necessarily working remote, um, because that's, I would think the times when it's out of your control for the most part. I mean, you worked remote. You could probably tell me better. It's usually in your control what your environment is like. Usually, but also often because you work from a home office, your employer will provide like necessary office. Like sometimes people have like expense related things that they can utilize utilize or like budgets for like that. That conversation can be had. Oh, okay, That's good to know. Very, very common. Okay, Great to know. Um, but I would suggest having it as part of your agenda and and like being very concrete about having done the work to figure out what that looks like, not just tossing out like an idea. We talk a lot about coming prepared with solutions, not just problems that you have, but what is a solution that you have to that problem mm-hmm. and being prepared to talk about that like clearly and directly um, without like we talked about last week, without apologizing for the need for these things, but just knowing that it is a need that you have and being open to an agreement that would make both parties more successful at the end of it. Um, But I think starting with like putting it on an agenda for a one-on-one that you Mm -hmm. have um, with your supervisor is a really good place to start. I fully agree with this. And I think also realizing that technology is our friend. Yes. And in this day and age... We should be able to communicate our needs if we have the environment and the space to ask the question for what we need and say, here's what is going to help me get my work done. Um, That should be respected by your manager and communicated as needed um, because we should be functioning in an environment that empowers us to do great work versus being limited by some strange restriction that's just like the way that it's always been right like, why does that have to be the way that it is why does that phrase even exist still <laughs> and i think also knowing that um particularly going off of your like asking at your one-on-one communicating especially thinking about people who work remotely or just have flexibility with their schedules or knowing that flexibility is something that they need mm-hmm. communicating with your manager about your most productive work times sharing results like do tracking when you've done your best work and how you do your best work and having evidence to prove that i think is really helpful too it sounds like a lot of work but sometimes you need to come prepared to the conversation with a strong argument Mm -hmm. toward the thing that you need if it's something that's not necessarily traditional in the space that you're working in exactly additionally 
being able to say like, hey, I'm like an awesome morning person. Like I'm going to set my work hours from this time to this time. Or like I'm going to start my day here. I have like there's a lot of family flexibility that's a thing now where it's like I'm going to start my day early, have a chunk in the middle of the day where it's family time and then log back on to handle end of day things later in the evening. Mm -hmm. And knowing that that's something and communicating with your team and your teammates and people that you collaborate with on a consistent basis about that just being the nature of the work that you live in uh, or the space that you're working in, I think is really helpful um and important and also uh setting expectations and communicating openly about what that looks like absolutely i i totally agree with all of that and i will say it does feel like a lot of work but again for the end game of um getting what you need to be successful it's worth that work uh, and going back to the, like you said, like setting the expectation, what is the agreement that you and your supervisor, you and whoever you're working with can come to that you're both on the same page about what that is versus their expectation that you'll be in the office from 8.30 to 5.30 every Monday through Friday. Like if that's the expectation and you're not operating on that expectation because you would like it to be different, that requires an extra conversation for you to say, like, this is where, when and where I work best. Can we come to an agreement that would make us both happy here? Mm-hmm. Or can we come to an agreement where we're both compromising on this? Because, again, I can understand, too, if a majority of your office works on a certain timeline and there's an expectation that people are in the office around certain times, um, that's a conver- – like, I mean, that's the company you work for, right? So, like, that needs to be part of the conversation. And um, while most people can have that conversation, not everybody will. And so having that ability to compromise but also, again, reiterating, this is what I need to be – what you need me to be at this point. Um, And again, like, can we come to an agreement that will kind of satisfy us both? Mm -hmm. And that's just like, and I'm again, like we've talked about this negotiating 101, like that's when this comes up. And sometimes when you're starting a new job, it can be one of the things that you put on the table as something, if you're not getting like the money you want, what are the benefits that you have? Or what are the perks that you can kind of negotiate around? Um, or what can you negotiate around even if you're getting all the money that you want? Mm-hmm. But setting those setting like those agreements up front so everybody's walking away from the table feeling like, okay, I'm, we're, we're on the same page. Like we understand what the deal is, um, is really important. But I agree with everything you said. I think that um, coming prepared with your numbers, making sure that you are direct and clear, but also understanding of like the environment that you're in, all of those things lead to a very productive conversation with someone where there's no reason why you can't come out on the other side with something that will work for everybody around the table. Yeah. And I think also technology, as I said, is our friend. And there are so many programs that are available that we utilize in the office where you can set um, your working hours, especially among distributed teams where people are working across time zones, Yeah, being able to set your work hours. So if you try to set up a meeting when someone's like, when it's like 4 a.m. someone's time, it'll be like, this is outside so-and-so's working hours right maybe schedule another time or contact this person to see if it's okay yeah and i feel like the way that technology is being formatted is also something that's like 
encouraging this flexibility in Absolutely. the work that we're doing. And I think that that's important uh, for companies to consider as a, as a larger picture of like, are the things that we're using, adhering and like pairing well with the expectations that we're setting for our organization's culture and experience and all of those things. And who we're looking to employ in the future. Like for how sure. are we adapting to make sure that the work environment will be a place that the, the workforce of the future will actually want to work. Right. It's like all of those things need to kind of come into the conversation. Because, you know, conversation for another day, but Gen Z is coming at us. They are coming. And I, like I, you know, I think we both value growth mindset and so i'd love to have a conversation on like what gen z i want to know because like they're they're coming and we and i i want to create a space where they feel like they can be um an asset to a work environment not a drain on a work environment Mm -hmm. and i think that's how we might have felt when we came into the workforce as what i continue to be told before i am shared my name it is shared that i am a millennial most times which is so frustrating but we were seen as a drain versus an asset in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways just based on the amount of articles that came out about how lazy we were (laughs) and it it was just incredibly frustrating and i would not i would love to have a different environment for the next generation to come into that they feel like welcomed and excited about what they're bringing to the table versus like all the things they're taking away from people yeah so that is a conversation for another day, though. <laughs> uh, but as always, we want to be able to continue this conversation um, on Instagram. You can find us at queen underscore speaking. Um, and just about, you know, what your productivity is like, what how much your environment has to do with your productivity and anything that you've been able to change or shift um, that has really been great for you and what has just helped you get better at the work that you do. We always love to hear about it. Love it. Shall we break? Let's break.